Hey everyone, uh, Jason Klein here. I'm the senior minister here at Refocus Christian Church, uh, located in Fallonsby, West Virginia. I just want to say uh, thank you so much for listening to our content. Uh, feel free to share or like or leave any comments you have. Uh, we're always looking to engage with people. Uh, what are some questions you have? What are some things that you might be learning? Uh, and at the same time, if you want to know more about us, check us out at refocuschurch.com, uh, which also has a link to our Facebook there. Uh, and so it just has uh, upcoming events, things that are going on, uh, sermon series that we're in. Uh, so once again, thanks for being a part of this. Thank you for listening in. And as always, please feel free to share and comment or like, because uh, we want to make sure that we're trying to reach as many people possible uh, with the good news of Jesus Christ. All right. Have a great day. Everyone, uh, welcome to uh, week four follow up podcast. Um, really excited. Uh, this week we were doing uh, Sermon on the Mount. Uh, the this is our fourth week uh, on this particular series. Uh, we covered uh, weeks one through three. Uh, really kind of covered the end, so the foundational part of making sure that our foundations are built uh, on solid things. And then uh, we went through uh, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, so all of chapter 5, uh, and really just covered a lot of the, the setup of what's happening here, who Jesus was, uh, what he's saying, the audience that he's talking to, uh, and he's really just kind of setting this standard uh, that, that you and I should live up to, right? And, and I realize that that sounds crazy. Um, he doesn't expect us to do it alone, though the, the Spirit of, of God is in us to help us get through and, and, and work through these things. Uh, that's something that, that we find um, after he comes back. You know, he, he dies, he comes back, and then when he goes back to heaven, he leaves the Spirit and and so he's talking to his audience, and he's really setting the tone for what it means to be a believer. Uh, and and really, he's he's focused on the internal and the external, but but really heavily on the internal. And 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 so we talk about that and the blessings and his expectations, and then what that looks like. And so he kind of lays the the groundwork for what it looks like to be a believer, someone who has chosen to follow him. So then he goes through this, he, he kind of lays it out, very uh, methodical in what he says. Uh, it's, it's a very high standard that he sets. And then he gets into chapter 6, and this is where we're going to kind of talk today. And, and I'm going to tell you that if you listen to the sermon from this last Sunday, uh, I really kind of got sidetracked. And, and I'm not upset about that. Uh, one of the things I always pray for is that God, if, if I need to change something or move something, you know, do that. I, I want to make sure that I'm speaking what God is saying. Uh, I'm not mad, but I will say that personally I get frustrated only because I'm somewhat OCD about things and I like being in control. So I can admit that right out of the gate, right? That I kind of have issues with that. But, but it's not that I ever doubt what God is doing or what God is saying through me. It's just sometimes when you have something kind of ready and it doesn't go that way, uh, honestly, it, it, it can be a little unnerving. But 
that's what the spirit is, right? That's why we pray so much. That's why we ask God to show us and, and guide us and direct us. And we trust when he, when he does those things. And, and so Jesus has, has set the tone for what it looks like to follow after him, right? He's made it very clear. Uh, he's talking to people that, uh, that that have been dealing with the Pharisees for some time. So they're, you know, the Pharisees were very external, you know, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And, and Jesus is saying, listen, it, it really it's more about what's inside. You know, he wants us to understand that, that it's about a heart change, not not just about stuff going on externally that we can see, but but we really we really have to get to the root of our our problems, right? So he talks about lust. He talks about uh, hate and compares that to murder. He, he talks about all these things, and he's saying, "Listen, you. So you don't do this, but but really, here's the the bigger problem, right? We we need to look inward, and, and so he lays all this out and makes a very clear." kind of picture. And then he gives a warning at the beginning of chapter six. He he says this, uh, Matthew chapter six, verse one, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others uh, to be seen by them. If you do, you have no reward in heaven from your father in heaven. Uh, so when you give to the needy, do not announce with the trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues or on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your father who sees what is done in secret, secret will reward you. So this is, listen, in a day and age where social media is so prevalent, this is probably one of the hardest things for us to do. Now, if you've ever looked at our social media page, you will see that yes, there's been pictures of myself and other people from our church up there, things that we have done. Uh, in October of last year, we did uh, Socktober. We collected a bunch of socks for uh, the homeless shelters in the area, and they did a news story. And and, and understand that I, I don't think those things are wrong. Letting people see the things that you do. Uh, like, for instance, the, the interview we did with the local news I was able to help us kind of get even more support for the socks that we collected, right? So, like, that wasn't a bad thing. Or or when, you know, you see stuff on social media that, you know, that we're doing, it, it's not that we, our hope is, anyways, is not really to highlight ourselves, but but to highlight what, what God is doing. So, really, it, it's about motives. And that's what that's what Jesus is addressing. He's saying, listen, don't... Don't do stuff just so that you can be seen by others, but but instead, what you should actually do is your right hand doesn't even need to know what your left hand is doing, but but do these things secretly, do them them quietly. And, and for the audience, it, it was almost uh, kind of a two sided statement because they they see Jesus, this this man of God, you know, the Son of God. With this great authority saying, listen, don't do things for show. And in they're in a culture where the Pharisees did everything for show. They everything they did was was to make them look better. That's that's what they wanted. You know, uh, they wouldn't help people unless it unless it benefited them. And so Jesus is saying, Listen, be be cautious of that. That 
It's okay to help people. We should help people. We should serve, but but make sure that your motives, your your inside, your your interior is good. You know, it's not about you. We we shouldn't help people with the expectation of getting some kind of credit for it. We shouldn't help people with the hope that they'll pay us back someday. We we shouldn't help people so people will tap us on the shoulder and pat us on the back and, and say, good job. Now, now listen, those things happen, but, but that shouldn't be our motive. And, and that's what Jesus is addressing is make sure that if you're going to help someone, make sure that, that you, they understand or that you understand the reason that you're doing it. And, and Jesus even goes back, you know, and, and, you know, chapter 5 even says, it says, You're the light of the world. A town uh, built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So, so it's not so much about doing things that people see as much as it is about the attitude to which you're doing it. And Jesus says, listen, let people see your good deeds so that it may glorify your Father in heaven. One of the things Jesus was good at is he always found a way to point people back to God. When, when he did things, when he did miracles, when he healed people, when he fed the crowds of, of thousands, he would always make sure that in his conversations he was always pointing up. And, and that... As a church, that's what we should be doing. The, the opportunities we have, the way that we serve, the things that we do, we, we should be glorifying God in such a way that, that people see us and they see him. That That's the whole reason why we're here is to point people to God, to, to look vertical, to, to be kingdom focused, to, to put his kingdom first. Like, to, and what that means is that when good things happen, we give credit to the one that it belongs to. It's not about your minister or your serving team or your volunteers or, and listen, there's nothing wrong with acknowledging those people that they do good things, but but as a servant of God, when good things happen, when we have our talents and our abilities and everything we have, when we serve other people, we should use that as an opportunity to point upward. And and not in an, an arrogant kind of way, but in a, a humble way of saying, yeah, no, thank you. Right. So when you do something good and someone, you know, your response can be, hey, thanks. You don't necessarily always have to go into this conversation of, no, no, it's not me. It's all God. And, and I'm not saying people don't mean that, but, but sometimes that comes across as a little arrogant. But instead, we, we simply serve and, and we trust that the things that we're doing are bringing God the glory. That, that's what we're supposed to do. And the, Jesus says that if you do that, that God will see what you're doing and he'll take care of it. He'll, he'll reward you. He'll provide He'll whatever that looks like. But, but if you do this for the service of other people, then, then that's your reward. That thanks from a man or a woman is all you're going to get. And so it, it's about motives. And that's what we have to realize. And even Jesus goes on 
chapter 6, starting in verse 5, says, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full, but when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And so here it is, Jesus is saying, listen, it's not so bad to pray. If you have to pray in public, that's okay. I can tell you that I prayed almost every meal holiday of my family, and I don't know why. Well, I do, because I'm a minister, and people think that only ministers can pray, which, by the way, is not true. But but what on you know? But when you're praying, there's nothing wrong necessarily with praying. Uh, but just you know, make sure that your attitude's right. That that you understand the reason why you're doing what you're doing, and 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 so that I really think that's kind of simple, right? I don't think there's there's a whole lot more to to go in there. So so I want to move on, and, and this is the part I really I really want to stay on. Um, one of the reasons why we're we're doing this whole kind of initiative, His Kingdom First, is, is to put our perspective back in the right place, right? We, as a church, we oftentimes allow everything to get in the way of what's happening, right? We We get kind of stuck and caught on our opinions and our wants and our preferences and all these things. Uh, and listen, there's nothing wrong with having a preference or an opinion. Um, but we can't allow those things to get in the way of what God is calling us to do. Uh, I, a good friend of mine uh, posted something recently and it essentially said uh, that the unity Christ calls us to uh, overshadows our own wants and opinions. And, and I believe that to be true, that, that we as, a, as believers should be unified in, in heart, mind, and spirit and focused on, on, on bringing knowledge of the kingdom of God to, to the people around us. That, that's what Jesus did. And, and man, he was good at it. And that's because he was, he was like laser focused on that. And his goal was... <clears throat> Excuse me to help everyone else stop looking at themselves and instead look at the one who created them. And, and and I think that that's where churches have lost they've lost their focus. Listen, I, I can tell you even in the role that I'm in, I, I have to understand that I am a part of a church that has been created by God, right? This is this is God's plan. The church is is His plan to, to bring people to Him, and and it looks different. It looks different everywhere. Uh, culturally, other cultures, church can look different. Uh, the church in America look different depending on where you live. Um, you know, there's lots of different avenues there. And it's not to say that those are bad. It's just you know the the church in your environment around you. It it it, it you got to adapt to where you are. You have to adapt to the culture. Uh, it doesn't mean that 
you change the Bible. It doesn't mean that you stop teaching scripture. And I realize that, that some churches have done that. But but what it means is, is you got to grow and mature and move and change and and try to stay in touch with, with the world around you. But, but, you know, that's the whole being in the world and not of it. But at the same time, we have to be laser focused on bringing people to the knowledge of the kingdom of God. And so, so every decision we make, every thought we do, every action we take, everything we do as a church should be about his kingdom first. And, and sometimes that means we, we've got to get over ourselves. We've got to stop making it about us. We have to stop taking things so personally. We, you know, I I was talking about people that have been in church for a long time. Well, this isn't the church that I grew up in. Listen, that's okay. That's okay. Because the church that, that you grew up in is not the same church that your grandparents or your mother or father or your great-grandparents grew up in either. And if a church has really been around that long... At some point in its history, it's changed. That's not bad. You can still focus on God, and you should be as a church focused on God and and his kingdom. And change, those things can go together. There's, There's nothing wrong with that. But in order to really be focused on the kingdom of God, we... We have to understand that that God's desire to bring people to the knowledge of him supersedes our own personal preferences. He wants us to use everything we have to try to win people to him. Right? Jesus understood that. It's why he taught in parables that, that were relevant. That's why he fed people, because he realized that, that listen, if they're going to listen to me, at minimum, I can give them something to eat. That's why he, he answered tough questions when the conversations came about, because you know some people he realized were just trying to understand, and, and he needed to, to clarify things. It's also why he calls us to live in, in such a way and to and to do things in, in such a way to to make sure that we are set apart from the rest of the world. Like the way we live should attract people to him because he's he's transforming us. But but in order to be focused on on his kingdom, we we have to pray and we have to act like what God wants us to do matters. And and so Jesus does this uh, immediately following his, you know, listen, his command to to pray and to keep it to yourselves or not to babble. He says, pray like this, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. He recognizes and respects who God is. He goes on to say, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He understands that God's will, what God desires, takes precedence. And he actually asks, he says, you know, your will be done on earth as it is in in heaven. What you're doing up there, let us see it down here. It says, give us our daily bread. God, give us the provision that we need. Keep us fed. 
and and not just physically fed, but but spiritually keep us fed. He said, forgive us our debts as we all so forgiven our debtors. God, forgive me of my sins. But that means I need to forgive other people too. Lead us not in the temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The uh, other translation that uh, it talks about saving us from sin or lead us away from sin. Uh, you know, not that the God tempts us, but but He does promise that when we are tempted, He will provide a way out every every single time. And Jesus is saying, "Listen, don't protect us." But but when we are when we are sinful, when we are struggling with that, God help us escape those things. And then he he finishes up by saying, "If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you." But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you as your sins. And so Jesus, he, this prayer really kind of sets the tone. He, the realization that you and I are not supposed to do this on our own, and we're not supposed to do it for our own purpose and will and desire. We, we as a church are here to further the kingdom of God always. We're not a social club. We're not here to build a building because we want it done. We're we're here and we're asking God that if he desires for us to do that, to open that door so that we can use those resources to reach more people. Everything we do should be really guided by that one understanding. What do we have to do, God, To make sure that your kingdom's first. I I said this on Sunday, and, and I think about it a lot. Every day, there's thousands, probably more, I don't even know. But there's probably thousands of people every day who, who die. And... and for one reason or another, they either haven't heard the message of the gospel or they've simply rejected it. And if what the Bible says is true, those people's eternity is is going to be different than ours. It's not going to be good. We... We as church have the ability to, to meet the needs, the physical and, and the spiritual needs of the, the people around us, but but we're we're arguing about whether or not we should have pews or chairs. We're we're arguing about whether or not we should have instruments or none. We're we're arguing about, you know, what's the right amount of um potlucks to have. Should we have a website? Should we not? We're, we get so caught up on on all these things. And listen, I, I'm i going to say it, and I think it's true, that a lot of it is the, the church in America. We, we get caught up on, on politics. We convince ourselves that, that God can't love Democrats and he really must be super supportive of Republicans. 
or or vice versa that the Democrats really understand you know what it is the the social side of Jesus, but the Republicans are bigots and liars and 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 you know we 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 divide ourselves among all of these lines and and the reason we do that is because we're not looking up. If we're being honest, most of the time, the things we defend in the church, the changes we make, it's not because we're worried that we're not doing God's will. We're trying to make sure it doesn't change because we don't like it. I say that as someone who struggles with that. There are preferences that I have. There are things that I like, things that I'd like to see happen. But but I always have to to, to look at that and, and, and lay it out and, and understand that according to Scripture, am I doing the one thing that really matters? Am I pointing people to Jesus? Am I helping people grow in their understanding of the Scriptures? Am I helping disciple people to, to make them and, and help them be more like Jesus? And, and then in turn, are those people doing the same thing? Am I trying to further the kingdom of God and bring people to the knowledge of Jesus so that they can have the same salvation and grace that I do? Or am I just trying to be right? Am I trying to protect a sacred cow that That's not mine to protect anyways. Listen, I I know the church looks different than it did 20 years ago. Technology and ideas have changed. You know, and it's not a bad thing. It's just we've kept up trying not to, you know, trying to help the next generation get connected. But by the way, you know why we... And I, I don't think I'm wrong. Maybe I am. But you know why we don't really sing a lot of hymns in church anymore? Because most people under 40 don't even know what a hymn is. I'm I'm not trying to be mean. But, uh, but you pick your favorite Christian radio station. If you have one, what are they singing? It's a lot more modern stuff. It's a lot more contemporary. Like this is the the music that the generations now are listening to, and it doesn't mean it's wrong. It means that it's different. And and if you're so bent on keeping things the same, then you're not going to reach them. And and listen, I I'm just going to say this that that if you're okay not reaching them so that your church can stay the same, you have a problem. You have an internal heart problem because because Jesus is telling us very clearly to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching people uh, in the ways and things that I've taught you. And and so this means that that we change our method a little bit. We we try to reach the next generation. Uh, it doesn't mean we change the words of God. It doesn't mean we change scripture. It doesn't mean we that we don't teach them how to understand the foundations of the Bible. Uh, but it means that we have to approach them differently. And and if someone connects more uh, with a contemporary worship song over him, why is that a bad thing? Because you like hymns. That's how you connected to God. That's not a bad thing. 
But if they don't like it like you do, that doesn't mean that they're bad. It just means that they're different. And and that I think that's the the part we have to when Jesus says, you know, let your your kingdom come, your will be done. I, I realize they didn't have a lot of these maybe concerns like we do. I mean, they did the synagogue and Judaism was a problem and you had different Pharisee groups and sects here and there and whatever. I mean, there was still division. So that's not like an uncommon thing, but, but all I'm saying is if our goal is to bring people to Jesus, then must that be what unites us? All this other stuff, let's, let's call what it is, their opinions and their preferences. And that's okay. You don't, you and I don't have to agree on our opinions and our preferences. We don't. <laughs> I can like something different than you, but I still should love you in the same way God loves me. And you should still love me in the same way God loves you. And, and ultimately, we should together be working towards bringing people to Jesus because that's what matters. Does the church look different than it did 20 years ago? Yeah, it did. Church looks a lot different than it did a couple hundred years ago, too. Even a hundred years ago. Even 50 years ago. Those aren't bad things. It's just culture. You change. Things happen. Is the message still the same? Always. Make disciples who make disciples. We ask and we pray that God reveals his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We ask and we pray that that we truly seek his kingdom first, that, that in everything that we do, we should be pointing vertical. Because here's the thing. Your opinions, your preferences, my opinions, my preferences, they don't save people. Only Jesus does that. So let's be united on that front. Let's have that that laser focus to say, yeah, things are changing, but we're still pointing people to Jesus. We're still helping lost people get found. We're still chipping away at the numbers of hell. We're still storming the gate every single time, and we're doing everything we can to get people to the knowledge and acceptance of God in their life. When that, when that is our focus, everything else seems irrelevant. All right. You guys have a good day. Hey everyone, thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. Hey, if you want to learn more about our church, check us out at refocuschurch.com or look us up on Facebook at Refocus Christian Church. We're located in Fallenby, West Virginia. Uh, we'd love to have you and your family out. Come check out and see what God is doing on our people, in our community, in our church. All right, later.